You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Wednesday. So make sure to download, subscribe, and leave a five star review. If you do that and you write, you can, you know, you can write something nice about us and then sneak a question in and we'll answer it in a future mailbag. Uh, you can just write something nice. You can write something mean. Just leave five stars. Like even if you don't like the podcast, just leave five stars and, you know, write your complaint in there. One stars we don't like. Uh, you, you can also join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com, search pick six podcast and, uh, you can join our private exclusive Facebook group. We're diving in there to give you fantasy football advice, um, keeper advice, dynasty leagues, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, coming up, um, you actually in the feed, we have an interview with Jared Dubin from Monday about his survivor squad where he picked one player from each team, uh, or one coach. He had 32 positions and you can only have one from each. So it's like, like you can, if you go to Mahomes, you can't have Andy Reid or Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. You know, if you go Bill Belichick as the head coach, you can't have Whoever the hell is Jared Stidham, et cetera. Um, also, Brian Schottenheimer interview. Talked to uh, old Shotty about Russell Wilson. Uh, a lot of good nuggets from him. He was really, really engaging. Cool dude. Uh, good to talk to him and appreciate him taking the time. And then coming up today, Jason Lockett for on the state of the NFL in these times of Corona. JLC, what's happening, buddy? What's going on, dude? Um, Jaguars are opening. What do you think? The Jags are, uh, all right, so, uh, that's, that's a bad way to ask the question. What, all right, what are you hearing is the NFL is going to look like between now and let's say the middle of July when training camps ostensibly would open? I mean, I talked to some people this morning from various teams who are getting the sense that things are going to, that, that at least some teams are going to push to try to get some players in their building at some point in June before training camp. And the okay. guys who called me were saying, "Why? <laughs> what does that mean? What are we? What, what? What planet are we on? Why? The NFL has been ridiculously lucky from a number standpoint when it comes to this virus. Why open the buildings to try to get in a mini camp or two weeks of OTAs and potentially compromise them for the real thing? You know what I mean? Why gather people together now when?" Training camp wouldn't start until July anyway. Like, what What do we have to, like, who's doing the risk-reward here and if this actually happens? Like, wouldn't it be smarter just to keep everybody away until we're actually ready to start training camps? Yeah. You I know, mean, wouldn't, yeah. like, and if you're the NFLPA, and this is, even in the best of times, voluntary, wouldn't you come out and make an edict that we feel that in the middle of a, public health crisis, the likes of which no one alive has ever seen before. And given the fact that 100,000 Americans have already lost their lives, we strongly recommend all players remain home, stay out of facilities, stay away from any conditions where more than, you know, 10 people are in a building out of an abundance of caution until we get to the point where we have created what we hope are season-long bubbles. I mean, that's off the top of my head, but if, you know, if D. Smith said that, 
I don't know how you could argue with it. Yeah, I, I think the whole thing is it, it, it's tough because like it, I I, I do I. Uh, like you have to like you you can take the same view that uh that there is in general society from many different corners and there are many different views and uh some of them many of them are informed for different reasons but like by and large you know sp- generally speaking i think there are a lot of people who want to get back to work and then conversely there are a lot of people who are like look we got to just hunker down and play you know like better safe than sorry for a little bit here because you know it, we don't we don't know that's that's the ultimate problem like i'm i'm looking at um so Tad Dickman, uh, the PR, uh, head of PR for the Jaguars, great dude, uh, d- did a very, and I, I think Tad is great about being transparent as well. And he tweeted out a thread about the Jaguars o- reopening the facility, uh, at TIAA Bank Field on, uh, today, which would be Wednesday. He tweeted it on Tuesday. Um, and he basically said that, you know, the, the team had created, uh, they appointed an infection control officer. Um, they have created an infectious response team. Um, and, you know, all these different, you know, like max is 75 employees, no more than 50% of the Jaguar staff. Uh, you know, they have, um, the certain type of staff are allowed, you know, allowed signage installed, social distancing protocols, processes for cleaning, et cetera. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, you know, the thing I see is that, you know, the, the team is responsible for a screening process, which requires employees to complete a training exercise and questionnaire and undergo multiple temperature checks. Like, I, like, I just don't know, like, how much you can actually check for it at the end of the day. And, what happens if like one person gets through the screening process and all of a sudden there's a huge outbreak in the facility? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I just when we're at a they've been I blessed. Nobody's been blessed by this, but they've been incredibly lucky about the timing and how it relates to the NFL calendar. And I make the case every year that OTAs are the I mean, it's the it's the biggest much ado about nothing in yeah. professional sports. It is okay some great for the undrafted guys and some young players. Um, but otherwise this, this is a farce, you know, the idea that these, there's these guys who look great in April, who now are going to come out and tear it up in September. It's a farce. So, I mean, they're glorified walkthroughs. So, I, I mean, I, I don't even, it, it, there's no policy you could put in place. That's going to be a hundred percent foolproof right i mean you, you there will be even whatever they put in place for the regular season i mean if you listen to fauci if you listen to what people are saying no one's going to pretend that it's going to be a hundred percent um non-infected rate right it's it's going to be degrees of something else is it 90 is it 95 percent? some percentage of players will stay healthy and some will test positive so in light of that and the fact that Teams like the Saints have already said, guys, just stay as healthy as you can. Get your work in, get your lifting in. We'll see you in the summer. The idea of, of like now opening it up on the fly so that you could get, let's say you got three weeks of OTAs out of it, and you're only allowed to be on the field three days a week, nine fake football practices. Like if you think that, I just, the risk-reward of that boggles my mind. Yeah. It you does, know? Like, it does, it does, what? Like, like really? I, I, I I mean, okay, so like Joe Judge gets to meet some of his players or some of these rookie coaches, Stefanski. I mean, is there a certain value in that? Yeah, sure. But you got guys spread out all over the country now who, because they want to get their their workout checks or, the, you know, guys who have certain bonuses tied to a percentage of practices, now i got to sit there and say, all right, well, I guess I'll get on this plane and I guess I'll do this. Like, when does the bubble start? 
You know what I mean? The bubble is not going to start at their front door. Right. You know what I mean? And how many compromised, potentially compromised locales do you go through before you get into that bubble? And then with some period of false positive, <coughs> you know, 48 hours, whatever, three days, four days, depending who you talk to with, with, with the test, there is a period where you could show negative and have it. I, I, again, for a couple of weeks of OTAs, I want, if I was an owner, I wouldn't want players in my building. I, I'd want I, my players I home. But that there is starting to be a push for, well, if everybody, and you know, well, wait a minute, well, if baseball, basketball, and hockey are starting, well, why can't we do something too? Well, yeah, they're starting because if they don't start, they're going to, it's like you guys trying to start your regular season. If they, whatever they don't finish, they're going to have to make other people whole. Yeah. Sponsors, broadcast partners, that's why they're doing it. Here you have this in, this period of time where there's nothing, no real football would be played until September. I don't, I wouldn't want any of my football employees clustered around in groups of five, groups of ten, whatever. I just wouldn't want it. <laughs> well, that's just me. Well, I would say this: like at the very least, like what I would want to do if I were an NFL team is I would want to see what happens over the course of some of these states reopening. Like, and that, that's sort of, I think your point, and maybe I'm rephrasing this a little bit, but like, you have time. If you're the NFL, you have time to be patient. You do not have to push to get players back in the building. You do not have to push to get employees back in the building. There is no, the only rush is that you want, um, you know, uh, like Joe Burrow to be able to work with Zach Taylor and, and, and AJ Green for like three hours, you know, three or four hours a day for five days over, over a week span. I mean, th- yeah, those reps are valuable and I don't mean to single out the Bengals, but like, you know, you, you can just say, you know what, let's, let's stay virtual until training camp. There's no need to push back because we don't need, like if the NFL goes out there and they, and they rush it and it, and something gets screwed up for whatever reason, and there are a million different reasons, something could happen. Um, you know, you, you, you have to take the blame for, for, for pressing to do it. I mean, many camps just aren't necessary. And I think, uh, no. I think, I think that's the, uh, you know, I think that's sort of my issue with it is like, as you said, you know, this isn't the regular season you're missing. They, they got extremely lucky. The timing of the breakout occurred right after the Super Bowl. They were yeah. able to do free agency in the draft in a virtual fashion in, in one that not only, uh, was, it was interesting for fans and for, for, um, for everybody involved, but one in which actually painted the commissioner maybe the most hated man in professional sports for a, for a hot stretch in a really positive light. And so now you might, you're risking giving all that back for what OTAs. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. No. And, and given where we are in this and how much we don't know, we're only a few months in it. And they're still studying anybody's and you know, we're, there seems to be progress being made, but a lot of that progress was because people were staying away and staying home and abiding by quarantine. Right. Uh, again, we know that if people are socially distant and if people wear masks, it will mitigate the spread. You can't, you're not, you're not playing football in a mask right now. I don't know, working on this technology and everything else, but I, again, I'm with you. Time has worked in their favor. I don't know why you would alter that equation to have some practices where guys can only wear shells and, you know what I mean? They can only wear shells and helmets, you know, like really. A lot of times being the smartest person in the room or whatever it is, is, is knowing what you don't know. And I, and I just think that right now 
there's a lot that we don't know. And I'm not, I'm not, this is not a statement about how anything else should operate other than football because the, the country, you know, it's, it's not on the same timeline as the NFL. The NFL doesn't need to play games until August or September. Yeah. Like it's, you have time and patience and, and, and like in terms of, it's a private business. I mean, I know people look at football. Their business. money making season starts in September. Right. Period. It's, yeah, it's and you, you can't monetize OTAs. If you could, they'd already be doing it. And, and I mean, they, they get a lot of free publicity out of it. You get millions of column inches written about it. You get a ton of content that helps you sell tickets. There's all the like all the positive PR marketing aspects of it, but you don't let people in to come and watch it. You don't broadcast it on TV, and it's per the CBA itself voluntary. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, I, it'll be interesting. I think, I think a lot of people will stay away. Uh, we'll see. I mean, like if I'm, yeah, I mean, if I'm a, I mean, Lord knows Tom Brady is falls under on borderline falls under the, uh, the at risk category because of his age. Uh, I kid, but, um, the, all right. So Jamal Adams, uh, you wrote, uh, a recent column. One team stands out. I bet you didn't write this title, did you? Uh, but here's why you shouldn't expect anything to happen soon. That doesn't seem like a JLC. Uh, born and bred out of uh, journalism school in the Washington Post uh, type of column, uh, type of headline. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't even see the headline. To be honest with you, I just it's fine. Cut and pasted the um, article. I'm going to guess that the Cowboys. Twitter. I'm going to guess that the Cowboys are the team that stand out. Um, I don't really think there was a team. I don't even. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, the point of the column was that. This, you're going to keep hearing about Jamal Adams because he, he's going to want you to keep hearing about him until he gets his money. And this thing pops up every couple of months, cause, and especially now, because there's nothing going on in the NFL. Yeah. But good luck executing a trade and contract of that magnitude in this climate. Um, is, when, it a situ- well, is it a situation where if he wants – let's say – if he's getting traded, he's getting paid, right? Or is it? Is there a Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, yeah, he 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 wants to make he wants to be, if possible, the highest paid safety in the history of the game. And he's a really good player, but in the best of times, this is not this is not the fertile time for that stuff to happen. The fertile time for that stuff to happen is at the combine before people have spent their money, before people have maxed out their budgets. And when owners are trained and inclined through the calendar to know that that's when they're stroking those kind of checks, then you throw this pandemic on top of it. I mean, how's it working out for Davion Clowney? How's it working out for the other seven pass rushers who are on the street who all have, you know, pretty good, Resumes. How's it working out for Cam Newton? Yeah, so, to get an owner to, to to convince an owner that yeah we're one Jamal Adams away from winning it all. And I know we've already spent all our money, you know, all our big ticket items for this year. But if we restructure these couple of contracts, then we can afford to bring him in too. And yeah, it's going to cost us next year's first round pick, which we already know is a fixed cost. Um, we already know how cheap those guys are are going to be, and. The, uh, if if the economy continues to be slow through the fall and winter, if they play a shortened season with no fans, and and those things are all under consideration, getting that owner to make that move despite all those economic indicators right now 
is a real tough sell. So do you think it's going to cost a first round pick to get Adams? Like that, is that, have the Jets set that price? In their well, I, I mean, how, how, I mean, I don't know how they would take less and, and I, and I don't blame them, but I also just think they should pay him. <laughs> I mean, if you can make the case, which team most should pay Jamal Adams to me, it's the Jets. You drafted him, you developed him, and he's the only guy on your entire roster who's in line for an extension. So, I mean, just pay him. <laughs> I, I think. And if you're not going to pay him, the time to go to war with him isn't now because there's hardly any suitors. The ones who are out there, I mean, I don't see Eric. I mean, Eric DaCosta, why would he do that? Like, I know they were interested in him, you know, at the deadline, but. Given where they are right now, and they weren't willing to pay the price then, I can't imagine they would now. They're stuck with the Earl Thomas thing for another year. Would he be a big upgrade on Earl? Sure. But they've already got a ton of assets in their secondary. And if you get Jamal Adams now and pay him, and he's never played it down for you, and you've got, you know, you're one year away from Lamar and Andrews, and you've already got to pay Stanley, and you're going to have to pay Marlon Humphrey in the next year, and then a year after that, Hollywood Brown and Orlando Brown. I don't see how paying Jamal Adams right now would be the right message to send. But, you know, and the Cowboys, I, I, I mean, they've been doing dances with safeties forever and haven't, you know, weren't willing to pay the price on Earl Thomas. <coughs> weren't willing to pay the price on Jamal then. I, I don't see Jerry after the draft they had, sacrificing multiple high draft picks, when, again, you, you know what kind of value could be there for a guy who plays, you know, safety. Yeah, and I think part of the problem, too, is like, yeah, like you said, I mean, if you give, like, maybe if the Jets were willing to take a second-round pick for him and return it, you're the Cowboys, you think, all right, you know, we're probably a 10-win team. But even then, you look at, if you're Dallas, you're like, all right, look, we just had a second-round pick and got Trevon Diggs. Like at, at, you know, we don't know that he's going to be a better player than Jamal Adams, but you know, a, a premier prospect in the second round of a deep draft. Like, why don't we, just, and he's going to be dirt cheap for four years. You know, yeah. why don't we just, why don't we just roll the dice on that? Uh, when we got all these, you know, we have to, we still have to deal with the whole Dak Prescott. Like, are you really going to trade right. Jamal Adams, give him $60 million or $59 million, or whatever he needs to beat or, or, uh, Eddie Jackson on the, on the market? And then be like, hey, Dak, you know, sorry, again, we just can't give you what you want. But, you know, we gave the safety yeah. from another team what you want. And to your Jets point, the Jets drafting from 2000 and, I mean, really, you can go back to, like, 2010. But, you know, just for the sake of, you know, discussion, 2000, let's say 2013, 2014 to 2018, I mean, it's an utter and unmitigated disaster. Like if you're if you're the Jets, you should be excited about having a good player on your team. I mean, they got Sam Darnold in there. <laughs> it's like it's literally singular. It's it's one. I mean, go look at their entire roster. The only guy in line for an extension is he is it. Yeah, outside of Darnold, he is, and it is the yeah. He's the only guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but Dar- Darnold. No, but I'm saying like, but you can't. You couldn't extend Darnold if you wanted to. Oh uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It's only been two years. Yeah. I mean, he is Jamal is it the one? <laughs> the only other guy. In fact, I think I could be. Uh, I guess Marcus May is still on the still on the roster. Uh, maybe is Elijah McGuire still on the roster? Um, uh, Quincy Nunwa. No, Elijah McGuire's on the Chiefs. 
So Marcus right. May, I, but like it's it, it would be it would be Marcus May still on the roster. So they have Marcus May, and they have Quincy Nunwa, who's going to be placed on IR. The team is basically right. uh, let people know. And I think like the only other guy from that stretch of like four years who is actually, I guess Jordan Jenkins is on the roster. But I mean, like the point being is like like th- th- these four years of drafts were so bad. I mean, so bad. Like the first couple of picks were you had Calvin Pryor, Jason Morrow in 2014, Leonard Williams and Devin Smith in 15, Darren Lee and Christian Hackenberg in 16, uh, and then Jamal Adams and Marcus May in 17 before Darnold and, and no second round pick in 18. I mean, it is an unmitigated disaster. And you have one guy who came out of it who's a premier player. Granted, not a premier position. But still, like, he's a stud. He was an all-pro last year. He's young. He's a leader. You, like, you need leaders in that locker room. Just give him some money. What are you, what are you spending on for the next, like, what, you just, you just bought a bunch of cheap linemen. Like, where, what are you worried about with the money here? I, I'm with you, dude. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. If that team, based in Gotham, right, and the media capital of the world, mm-hmm. isn't willing to pay this guy, then what GM is going to be able to go to his owner? And so, like the Johnson and Johnson family won't pay this guy in right. a pandemic, but we're going to give up a one and something else for the right to pay him. Uh, and, and like, okay, like, like uh, sell me on that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. I mean, that, like that, Johnson and Johnson stock is way up, baby. I mean, like, yeah. people need cleaning supplies. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that was sort of the point of the column. Yeah. Uh, Johnson Johnson stock legit like it dropped in the middle of March. It's higher. It's trading roughly the same as it's been trading like throughout all of of like 2000. Uh, and it's actually trading higher than it was in in the in the fall of 2019 by about ten by about ten or fifteen bucks because like th- these guys should be shelling out cash for any player worth a crap on their roster, especially in a season where Tom Brady's gone. You know the Bills are the, the 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 media darlings, but you got Sam Darnold in his third year. I mean, go 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 pay some guys and try and win some football games. Good lord, it drives me nuts. All right, speaking of Sam Darnold, where could he fall in JLC's quarterback tiers? We'll tell you after the break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so you did your quarterback tiers uh, again, JLC, as you do every year. Uh, when you look back on them from last year, did you feel like you did a good job? Uh, where did you feel like you – like I know you had um, – I think Mayfield was probably already in like the bona fides. Yeah, I, I was a little too quick to anoint him. Um, Lamar Jackson, you know, understandably, was in a wait and see. I mean, like I did nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he'd only started nine games at that point. Um but I, I obviously felt like he had a men's breakout 
potential and, and yeah. wrote a lot about him last off season. And um, while I didn't think he was going to win the MVP, I certainly thought he was going to be a top 10 quarterback. Um, and, and a guy who, who was sort of headed um, to start. No, no one doubts your uh, high expectations for Lamar Jackson. Cam Newton was also in the, uh, the franchise guys last year, but I don't think that that's necessarily your fault so much as the pandemic's fault. Uh, this year you have uh, Patrick Mahomes, check. Well, nobody's going to argue that. Uh, Lamar right. Jackson, Russell Wilson, check, check. Deshaun Watson, check. Uh, but then it's interesting because there's a, you know, Carson Wentz is there too. I'm perfectly fine. Prisco, Prisco would argue Deshaun Watson. I mean, 62 is a joke. Like, what do you do? You, you haven't, like, you, I understand he takes out positional value, but like, you have Deshaun Watson one spot ahead of AJ Green. I mean, come on. Yeah. What did you think about Prisco? I'm with you. I, I mean, look, that thing is, you set yourself up to be a human punching bag. Um, by and large, I didn't have huge problems with it. He finally, gets where Russell Wilson is in the pantheon of the game. So that's I mean, good. How long um, is, how the Minka Fitzpatrick thing, I think he had to just forget about Minka Fitzpatrick, don't you? It's possible. I, I, I mean, I keep coming back to that. And I know he's saying, oh, I went back, I watched three games. Like, I, I, you know, it was fun watching, you know, him spar with the Pittsburgh Steelers for a couple of days. But I, I, I can't think that he didn't. He doesn't think, like, I don't think Prisco in his heart could truly believe that there's 101 or more players on this planet better than Minka Fitzpatrick, given what we saw from him last year. The best part about it is going to be like every time Minka does something in 2020, like this is why we desperately need a full season, because every time Minka has a tackle, a sack, a pick, Lord help Prisco if he has a walk-off interception for a touchdown in week one of the 2020 season, he's going to be – Obliterated on social media. If there, if 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 sideline interviews still exist in the twenty twenty regular season, I'm just dying for one where he has a big game and he's like talking to whoever, or maybe it's even on Zoom, and he's like, "That one's for you, Prisco." Yeah, that one's for the tiny tan man. Um, I, I told Pete that Minka told BMAC, I, this is all a lie, but I told him that, uh, Minka told BMAC he, he created a, a touchdown celebration just for Pete, where he's going to pull on a bald cap and act like he was climbing into a tanning bed, which would be priceless. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 or he I, could do one where he like tries to get kids off his lawn. <laughs> like shooing kids away, like, yeah. uh, or does the little Tebow impression. All right. So, uh, but, but not to, not to, not to but like, or like he's pushing a mower and then with one hand, like pushing people away. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, mowing, yeah, mowing the lawn and then like shooing people in back. I can see yeah. That. Like, the one headed shoe. And the rest of the Steelers are like, or the rest of the Steelers start playing baseball on the lawn. And then Prisco is like, get off my lawn. Um, all right. So back to the, back to your list then. Uh, so uh, I agree. We agree on the, the big four there. Um, I thought Wentz is perfectly fine with me. I would have uh, Dak in, in there as well, but you know they haven't paid him, so I guess that counts. The, the guys that are interesting are Brady, Breeze, Rogers, and Roethlisberger. If you had to pick one who's not in the bona fide franchise quarterback list after this year, could you see any one of those guys not from retirement, ben. like from? Oh, you think it's Ben? Ben. Yeah. Ben. Ben was the last one, and I went back and forth on whether to bump him down, but sort of like the same reason I didn't bump Cam down a year ago. You know what I mean? You have that body of work, and, and even if you are coming off an injury, um, I, I'm inclined to sort of keep you there as you've earned it. Now, some would say, well, wait a minute, Rivers dropped off. Well, Rivers wasn't an injury. Rivers has just been a turnover machine for two years in a row. Like, Rivers is starting to look like 2017, 2018 Eli Manning 
where the end's near and everybody sees it except for that dude who keeps throwing the ball up for grabs in traffic. So maybe a change of scenery will will change that um, and get him on the good foot. But I I just saw too many times where he um, put his team in peril. I'll say this about Rivers, that uh, if you look at Rivers' history of um, changing – He's never changed a team until now, obviously, because he's been with the Chargers his whole career. But if you look at his history of changing uh, coaches and right. getting into new spots, I think, and this happens a lot with NFL players. We we saw it with uh, Ben Roethlisberger and, and Todd Haley. Um, you know, I think we saw a little bit with Aaron Rodgers last year. But like the the fact that they're having to change means something went wrong with the team or something went wrong with that person's performance. And therefore, there's an ex- I think Rivers gets extremely motivated to sort of dive in and focus. And I'm not saying he like gets lazy in older systems, but like I just don't think what the Chargers were doing the last two years were very conducive to to Phil having uh, great seasons. And um, I mean, 20 interceptions last year is just terrible. I also think the Colts will run the ball a bunch, and Rivers will be more efficient and less volume oriented, which may you know may not lead to like come. That would make sense. Yeah. But like if, yeah. if they do that, they'll win a bunch of games. Um, right. So I just to be in that first category, you kind of have to be a guy who I sure. think you could win a football game on your own if you had to. And, and that, I don't, that, that, that I don't know that that's where Philip is anymore. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with Roethlisberger too is like you can put him there, and if you're wrong, it's not because he stinks; it's because he's he just you know he just he's just still banged up. Like the elbow didn't come back, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. then he just becomes a. I mean, Ben, but Ben is locked in for the next what two years. Yeah, I mean, they could probably they could get out of it after next year if they had to. But as married to them as they are, I, I think even if he had a bad year, they'd be inclined to ride it out with him. Yeah, and it, but now at this point at Ben's stage, the stage of his career, like he got all pissy when they, um, you know, when they drafted Mason Rudolph. If they drafted the quarterback yeah. early next year, he there's nothing he can say. Not exactly. Yeah, so I mean, like that's that's exactly. the thing. Yeah, the Steelers could get out for after this year with twenty two million dollars in uh, dead cap space, which is obviously not ideal. Um, but uh, and can you spread that out over? But the, I mean, how much do they eat on? How much do they eat on uh, Antonio Brown? A yeah, lot. Yeah, for sure. So it can uh, be done. Yeah, and as long as the cap doesn't collapse under the weight of the like a the pande- the economic changes of a pandemic, they they should be. Um, yeah, they should they should be fine if they have to move on from Ben. But I think in a perfect world, you know, they they can sign like whether it's Cam Newton or um, you know draft somebody next year. Like they can they can create a backup plan where you know they don't have to worry about that. Uh, Dak Prescott, you wrote about Dak recently. Where where do you think they stand? Where where do the Cowboys and Dak stand? And like, why is this such? Is this just a yeah, we got till July fifteenth. Let's wait and see what we can do. Negotiation or or their legitimate beef between the two sides. And he, by the way, is in uh, your, not, your second tier uh, top pros, proven winners, along with Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Um, I just think that there's another one. Much ado about nothing. I mean, there, there there's an actual. I mean, a lot of these situations there's artificial deadlines. There's a real deadline here. It's July fifteenth, and yeah. that's when we'll <laughs> that's when we'll know. And I think they'll get something done, but if they don't and he plays on the franchise tag, then they're gonna have to then he'll have chosen the Kirk Cousins route, which worked out really well for Kirk Cousins. So he's gonna be fine either way. He's already won. Um and if I'm him, uh, my my goal would be a three year fully guaranteed deal. Um 
They don't want to go there. You know, they want more like five or more. He'll probably eventually do it for four. I don't know that I would. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the the idea of the average value, it's it's going to be over 35 a year. The franchise in the second year is 36, you know, is north of 36 million. So you, you already got 66 for two. So if you're the agent, that's what you're negotiating off of. So that's an average of 33, but year two is 36, and eventually the cap starts going up. And maybe going up markedly. Right. So, yeah, I just think he's not going anywhere. Jerry really wants it to happen. Jerry's got six more weeks to bid against himself. And we'll see where we are in the middle of July. That That's the thing that I don't think people put enough stock into. Jerry Jones, you know, look, he fell back asswards into him. But he drafted Dak. And, like, Dak is, like, the ultimate. It's sort of like Tony Romo. Where it's like no. Oh yeah, this is a this is a vindication of Jerry. Like that's right. why I mean nobody wants to pay Dak more than Jerry, and right. everybody knows it. If Stephen so Jones, you're, you're Dak, you don't make counter proposals. You don't have to do a damn thing. There's there's no reason to do anything until the middle of July. See what he's got on the table then. We could play one year for thirty. We just played four years for five. Right. He makes a lot of money off the field. He's fine. But you also aren't going to sell yourself short. You, you you do what he did last year. You gamble on yourself and you crush it. Why seed any any leverage back? I mean, if if he has it, it's go time in July. Yeah. Plus, it's, I mean, it's not even virtual off season. There's nothing happening in the league. I mean, even as much of a fallacy as I think OTAs are, they're not even happening. So, like, he's not missing anything. Nothing's being compromised. And you got to be a businessman and he will be, and we'll see what what's out there in July. Yeah. And the other thing is like, I think if you took Steven Jones and Will McClay out of it and just let Jerry talk to him, like he'd, he'd probably give Dak four to five years with whatever Dak wanted, like short of like 45 million a year, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. If, it's, if it's just Jerry, I think he probably dives in on it. Um, I think you probably are right. All right, rising stars, Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think there's a decent chance that Kyler Murray is in your tier one. Me too. I think that's a – I'd be really surprised if that's not the case. Um, and guys are going to – I mean, we talked about Ben. I mean, you know, Breeze, Brady, what do they look like in their age 43 and age whatever, 41, 42 season? You know, those are legitimate question marks. So the, the – um, you know, even Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers is just asked to be a game manager again next year, he will not be in Tier 1 in 2021. I can guarantee you that. Right. Um, like, he just won't. So, there'll be room for guys to move up. You know, I don't think you, there's ever really more than seven or eight guys who truly, you know, I think you're talking about the top 25% of quarterbacks in the world when you talk Tier 1. I don't think we're going to reach a point where there's 11 or 12 guys in there. But, yeah, could a Kyler – be in that group next year replacing one of those other guys absolutely you think jimmy garoppolo can has has another leap to take yeah huh. i do i think I, that's, I think that's, an, that's a, a popular opinion hard rap well i mean I, I there there were some games last year where he went out i mean the game against the saints he went out and won that game yeah kept bringing them back against a team that could have won a super bowl he almost won a super bowl um, I mean, he's coming off a torn ACL too. Yeah, right. 
That was the the year back. Now this will be the first full year back after. You know, it's usually the second full season after the the injury is when guys really say they start feeling like themselves again. Um, he's obviously a, a hell of an athlete. I think he's a very good quarterback. Well, will he ever reach the franchise level? I don't know, but I I, I don't think it's out of the question. That's it's interesting, man. I, I think that like I, I don't I don't think that way in my own head, really. But I think that when you look at his stats, right, they go thirteen and three. They're a run heavy team. He completes just under seventy percent of his pass, sixty nine percent of his passes, just under four thousand passing yards, twenty seven touchdowns, thirteen picks, eight point four yards per attempt. It's like, I mean, maybe yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if the the leap is there from a volume standpoint in that offense, but maybe like the defense takes a step back and they need Jimmy to do more and he's on the same well, page. Remember how much Sanders did that defense. I mean, they became a very predictable offense yeah. by the middle of the year. And if you held up at all against the outside zone, they started looking vulnerable. So then they went out and um, made the trade with Denver, which was huge. And Emmanuel Sanders, once they could diversify that thing, um, which was massive for them, but he's, you know, 33, whatever. So long term, that's not the answer. When Kyle drafts a wide receiver, when Kyle drafted that wide receiver, uh-huh. I tend to think that wide receiver is going to explode. And your second year with Sweeney and that tight end who they'll get done long term, I, I think there's another gear that that offense can hit. I I, I agree with that. I think Brandon Ayuk. People, people don't understand. If Brandon Goodwin Ayuk could have was, even just stayed on the field last year as a high-end speed decoy, I think it would have helped Garoppolo. Okay. Somebody else on the outside of you just have to think about. Well, they, they've got that now. Uh, all right. The win with them tier, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Philip Rivers, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. Um, oh, I was like, Kyle Allen? Really? I don't know if you can go with him. Josh Allen. Teddy Bridgewater, Tyrod Taylor, and Kirk Cousins. It's just a, a that's that's the middle class. Well, I mean that's the QB middle class. I could see Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff having a bounce back here. I think Mayfield's is even more likely, given that we've seen more of Goff and 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 I don't you know they still went nine and seven. He just seemed to yeah. sort of lose it. I could see Baker back in the young guns next year, but I I, I if he I could also see him not being back at Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like. A, Wow. I think what Joe Thomas said a few weeks ago was pretty significant that, uh, you know, that this is, it's go time here. There's no excuses. And it's not just about what he does on the field. It's what he does off the field and what he says. And, you know, the type of leader he is, you know, like you're not going to get hall passes anymore for jumping in guys' contract situations, for jumping in guys' injury situations, for you know what I mean, for for throwing the medical team under the bus after game. Like, that, that's not going to fly. These guys didn't take them first overall. They didn't make that investment. What? Um, it's, it's about the whole package of what it means to be a, a winning quarterback in this league. What happens if he has a bad year with Kevin Stefanski? Are we talking like – Draft somebody else, like moving on. I mean, that's insane to think about. I mean, what what position are they in? I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you can't pay him. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> no, I mean, he might. I mean, do you, do you trade him? I, I don't know. I mean, I I think he's going to have a pretty good season, but if he doesn't, I think there'll be consequences. Mm, man, that's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, what do you, are you? You're, you're not. Are you on the Josh Allen bandwagon? I feel like Allen could take a leap too. 
I, I think he'll, I think I think they know what he is, and while they're hopeful that he could take that jump, I think they've also doubled down on being able to win as they're winning with him. You know, making three or you know, try to make two or three big plays a game. Don't push the ball too much. Don't force the ball too much. Um, we've got a top five defense, and you know we're we're going to play smart football. Now, I, I think he'll have a. I think he's in a great spot. I think he's surrounded by smart people um, who won't ask him to do too much. And if he is able to take a leap, then maybe they take some of the guardrails off. But can they keep going to the playoffs with the guardrails on as long as he abides? Yeah. Yeah. Can he win a lot of games? Can he be there for a long time? Sure. Do I think I'll ever look at him as a top 10 passer in the league? I don't think so. You know, the the deep ball accuracy, just the overall accuracy, some of the decision-making. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure he ever hits the highs that some others will, but you know, could they, could they win playoff games with him? Sure. I have no problem with where you put Sam Darnold in here, which is in the uh, the jury is still out uh, category, and you got Joe Burrow there. He's a rookie, totally understandable. Uh, Drew Locke, a young player, Daniel Jones, Jared Stidham, Dwayne Haskins, Gardner Minshew. Um, I think Darnold is of that group. I, well, Burrow too, but I think Darnold has a, like the like. I almost think I know you can't put him in the you can win with him because he hasn't won. He's been sick. But to me, like that is it. Like I think Darnold could, does have the possibility to take a big leap this year, that, and people are sort of. Ignoring that possibility. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility either. But you know, unlike Baker, he hasn't won. You know what I mean? Like Baker's rookie year, they, they won. I mean, they went into Week 17, right, with playoff hopes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he led the league. They had a stretch where they went five and two with Greg Williams as the interim head coach going into Week 17. So I mean, he won despite Hugh Jackson and everything else. For, for for what the Browns were expected to be and what the Browns had been, he won. Sam doesn't have a half-season body of work where you can look at it and say, okay, you know what I mean? Like, that that's pretty legit. Yeah, that's, Part of that's... it's bad luck. Part of it is the constant, you know what I mean? Part of it's been the changes that have gone on there. And part of it's been, you know, mono or this injury, that injury, just whatever. And he's had very little around him also. I mean, the whole thing, is it's just it's hard to evaluate. You look at those two years and you're like, I don't know what quite to make of this guy yet. I understand why he got drafted where he got drafted. And you can look at him for a two- to three-week period here or there and say, it looks like it's coming together, but I haven't seen enough of that consistent enough to make a determination. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like he, he still has nothing around. Like He still has nothing around him. No. It's, I mean, even this year, it's like, yeah, I, okay. I mean, they upgraded the offensive line, kind of. You know what I mean? Besides the kid they drafted in the first round, everybody else still looks like a, a hope and pray, you know, Band-Aid guy. I don't know about Le'Veon Bell. The coach doesn't seem to really want Le'Veon Bell there. You think? I mean, they're adding other running backs to the mix. I don't know that they're going to run the offense through Le'Veon Bell. So then you start looking at their skill guys, and there's no, I don't know who they're running it through that way either. Denzel Mims better be good. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, I dig it. It's a good list. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Jason Lockham for uh, man. I hope we get an NFL season. I hope uh, these next that would couple be awesome. weeks, next couple of weeks are good. Uh, be safe, buddy, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, bud. Thanks, man. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.